and welcome to ChamberCast, the Billings Chamber of Commerce's podcast, brought to you by Marsh McLennan Agency. Every year at our annual meeting, the Billings Chamber hands out one of its highest honors, the Legacy Award. On September 14th, we presented that award to Mike Nelson, who is my guest today. Mike, thank you so much for joining me. Oh, thanks. This is cool. So first of all, congratulations. And we just want to give our listeners an opportunity who don't already know you to learn a little bit more about our Legacy Award winner. So can you please just introduce yourself to the audience? Hi, I'm Mike Nelson. Owner of? Owner of the fabulous Northern (laughs) Hotel in beautiful downtown Billings, Montana. So by virtue of the fact that we're giving you the Legacy Award, obviously you've developed a little bit of an impact in the hospitality industry. Um, what drew you to hospitality in the first place? And, and how did you build the career that you've had here? Well, I was in, um, I was living in Las Vegas after I moved there from beautiful downtown Billings, Montana. And, uh, you know, it's the, it's the industry to be in. And I ended up working in, in a hotel and, you know, things kind of progressed from there. Okay. So, and you were born in Billings, correct? Born and raised Billings, Montana. Yep. So what, how did you end up in Las Vegas? Oh, it's a great story. If you got a couple hours. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> okay. Thanks. I appreciate it. I'll take all the time I need. Go for it. Yeah. My wife and I, uh, at the time were college students at Eastern Montana college. And she was online to graduate a little bit ahead of me because I was on the party plan and she was on the serious work plan. <laughs> she came home one day and said, hey, guess what? I have, I have a job in Las Vegas teaching special education. And so you I, got to stay on the party plan. <laughs> I got to stay on the party plan. I said, well, we can't do that because I'm going to I'm going to finish college and sell life insurance. And then in 20 years, I'm going to run for governor. And so you got to stay here with me and and. If you move to Las Vegas, that'll be the last time we, we see each other. And you know what she said? She said, see ya. <laughs> and so I put my foot down and uh, I moved to Las Vegas and we were married a few months later <laughs> and we're still married. That sounds like the right choice. And then, so what brought you back to Montana? My parents, oddly enough, uh, my parents brought me back. They, uh, after, we, I swore I'd be in Las Vegas for two years tops. That was our agreement. We'll go, we'll be there for two years. Well, 30 years later, my father died suddenly and uh, my mother was fighting cancer at the time and had no one to take care of her. So I gave up my job at really big gaming concern and, um, which was okay because I kind of hated it anyway, but, (laughs) and I came home and I was my mother's caretaker for the last 90 days of her life. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. It's, I mean, family is, we ask everybody, you know, what, how long have you been in Billings? What keeps you here? And, and family is a big part of it for a lot of people. Yeah. yeah. So you were, so your first introduction to the hospitality industry was down in Vegas. It was, right? I was, uh, the, on the Las Vegas strip for 30 years. I first job I worked at was human resources person for the Imperial palace, seventh largest hotel in the world. Um, got to do some really cool things. There, worked there for 10 years. One of the things I was pretty proud of accomplishing there was the youngest vice president on the Las Vegas Strip. Okay. Which, by the way, meant that I had to call engineering when I got the title and have them make the door to my office wider because you couldn't get my head through it, man. I was full (laughs) of myself. I was pretty hot. And then when you got back, uh, you and your brother decided to purchase the Northern Hotel, correct? Yeah. So there I am. We just buried my second parent and they both died 
within 90 days of each other. And, you know, it's like, well, I don't have a job to go back to. And Chris said, let's go into business together. What do you want to do? And I said, well, really, what I really want to do is bag groceries. But, you know, I'm a little bit too old for that. He says, well, let's buy a hotel. And guess what? We did. What was, uh, I imagine that was a pretty big step for both of you. I mean, what was, what was that like? Did you have a pretty good idea that you were, you know, taking a calculated risk or, you know, what, what, what was the feeling at the time? So I'll tell you, it wasn't much of a calculated risk or two things I was betting on. The first one is I'd spent every day of the 30 years I had in Las Vegas on the strip learning to own a hotel. And I was very lucky that I had some great mentors who knew that I had, you know, what my dream was and they let me do it. And so, you know, during that time, I got to run every step of the running of a hotel. I got to do it all and and be it all. And, you know, it was pretty cool. But the next thing I knew is that I was betting on the city of Billings. And Mm. that's not a bet at all. That's like a sure thing. (laughs) It is. I knew coming back here, that this was where I was meant to be. I knew that uh, I could live in anywhere, any city in the world, because guess what? I knew how to run a hotel and a restaurant, and there are restaurants and hotels in every city in the world. But I wanted to be in Billings, and my brother wanted me to be in Billings, and so we we paired up. It was okay. pretty cool. What kind of shape was the Northern Inn when you took over? It was was uh, locked. <laughs> it was shuttered. <laughs> so what was that renovation? Because pro- it, it just had a fire. Then, no, or- no. The Northern was not on fire, but it, it had been purchased by a guy who decided he was going to turn it into a gold filigree and uh, white marble Trump Tower. But he was not going to call it the Trump Tower. It was going to be <laughs> condominiums. And he actually failed instantly and never made a payment on it. So we, we bought it out of a foreclosure auction on the steps of the county courthouse over there. <laughs> which was another thing. But the building had been empty for about three years. Um, the tables in the restaurants were still set with the uh, clean silverware and dishes. The, all the rooms wow. were made up. It was ready to go open, except that it didn't have plumbing. It didn't have heating and cooling. didn't have air conditioner. Um, just minor details. Just crap. And, <laughs> and, and uh, so we, de- we decided, that, you know, it was a full gut job. Uh, we took 4,000 tons of asbestos out of this building. Wow. 4,000 tons. Um, that's another great story for another podcast, I'm sure. <laughs> that took a year. That was, in, of, of all the years, that, that was 25% of the building project time was to get the asbestos out. And uh, we gutted it. So... The only thing that is original to this building is the floor in my office. And it's Indiana uh, limestone and some white marble, and it's made into a beautiful, um, beautiful floor. Pretty cool. So your career really took off um, when you got to Billings. And you mentioned in in the past that it really took off when you got involved in the Billings Chamber. Um, how did you get involved in the Billings Chamber in the first place? And, and talk a little bit about your your early chamber involvement. So I think the I first got involved with the chamber right after I got to Billings it was about 15 years ago. And the first meeting was, hey, I have a great idea. Let's build a convention center. I thought I'm, I'm all for convention centers because <laughs> I'm a Las Vegas trained hotelier. I know that stuff. And I thought, how could that be a project that anybody, anybody in their right mind would not agree to? Well, it's been 15 years of fighting and, you know, 
struggling and pushing and trying to get that project over the line. And someday, someday, maybe. Yeah. You mentioned a convention center, and I'm sure there's a lot of listeners whose blood pressure just spikes. Yeah, they're groaning and moaning. <laughs> then they're, then they're, yeah. So I was, there had been a few, when I first got to town, I knew we needed a corporate mission. And the corporate mission is we want to be a good neighbor. That's it. We want to do right by the folks in Billings. Um, we want to be a good neighbor to the businesses that surround the, the Northern because they depend on us like we depend on them. And we need to be a good neighbor to the city of Billings. We have to be able to bring in new projects, bring in um, things that add to neighborhood safety and, and that kind of stuff. And we have to be very involved in it. And then on top of that, we had to work to develop our people. So we have a lot of, a lot of folks uh, who are in like next gen, we're definitely committed to developing female executives for the workforce. We're de devoted to the diversity, equity, and inclusion, and all that stuff has been kind of there all the time and ready to come up to the surface um, in a way that would rival any other city in the world. It's really neat having come from a city of started at 300,000 when we moved in to, to Las Vegas. And when we left, it was 2 million people. Wow. It was a big town with some really big ideas and big people there. And the talent and the uh, willingness to help the community in Billings is it's second to none. I mean, it's, it's just like you're in a city full of really, a really big city full of important people, I guess. So anyway, um, that's a long way of saying a lot of the, um, uh, the community efforts that I got involved in uh, were like the chamber. So Big Sky Economic Development Corporation, I sat on that board and a number of other boards. But what really was, was missing was that everyday fear of doing something wrong. And that's when Mr. Brewer showed up at my desk. And he said, you need to be on the chamber because it's a pretty stressful board to be on. And I was like, <laughs> I'm doing that. So, you know, the really cool thing about being on the, the chamber board is I like to say every time I talk to somebody about it, it's a board that does real work and it accomplishes real things that really benefit the commerce and the people of Billings. Yeah. Yeah. So that was actually one of the next questions I wanted to ask is you were actually on the first episode of this podcast ever. When we introduced the show, we did you and John Brewer back in May of 2021. You were the board chair at the time. And, and that's exactly what you talked about. You. Most chambers are a place where you've, you've got a beer stein with your name on it, but the, the Billings Chamber does does real work. When you think back to your time on the chamber board, what are some of the uh, accomplishments that you're most proud of? Well, you name it. The first thing, and I think the, the first thing was the conversation. So it's sort of been a, uh, a tenure of developing and encouraging the uneasy conversation, whether it was about do we need to think about the way we tax ourselves or the way we fund uh, community development projects or the way we develop our young people into the new leaders and executives of tomorrow? Or are we leaving behind people of color? Are we leaving behind the, our, our female executives? Are we leave, what are we doing right and wrong here? And then finally, the hard decisions and the hard conversations about what are we missing in Billings. You know, it's so hard to look at yourself and say, this is, these are my shortcomings. 
And we've had those conversations about what Billings needs to attract the workforce of tomorrow. The fact that, you know, we're going to be, I don't know, what's the number, 400 million nurses short just in Billings alone, or it's yeah. probably not 400 million, maybe 40 million nurses. But how do we attract that workforce and what are the things that we need to do and then how do we pay for it and on and on and on. And I mean, right? Yeah. And so the reality is the real answer to every single one of those things is commerce. Commerce. Let's be successful in business so that we make a lot of money. Okay. <laughs> I know it's probably a bad thing to say out loud nowadays, but because then we're going to pay taxes to the government on it. And then the government's, our state government, our city governments, whoever gets stuff from their property taxes and whatever else we pay, we're going to have money to fund things like trails and fund things like parks and fund things like the, the activities that, and, and the, the, the river walks that bring people to Billings to stay and live here, right? It's a big circle. It takes a long time to go around it. But the reality is that's how things get done here because that's the way our system is set up. So just the fact that we got a lot of those conversations started, we made some people really happy and we made a few people really not very happy. Mm -hmm. I like that. And I would be willing to do it again because I think is that valuable. Yeah. Man, I, I, as you were talking about that, I was just thinking back to that time. I was a pretty new chamber staff member and 2021. So we were coming out of the pandemic. There was a national conversation about diversity that we responded to and started our DEI efforts under your leadership. And to sprinkle it on, on top, there was a public safety crisis at the time. You're right. And there was the public safety <laughs> mill levy in that. 2021, which you were the treasurer of uh -huh. the campaign. Yeah, and the public safety mill levy. And I'm very proud of that, even though I just paid a really big property tax bill. Um, <laughs> it's okay. You know, that's the, the, that's what you pay for a free society, right? Is somebody's got to pay for that stuff. And so I don't mind that the Northern Hotel got a pretty huge bump. It's okay. I think that's, you know, worthwhile. That's what we need to do. Well, and one of the things that we worked on communicating in that campaign was the value that you're, the, what you're getting for your money yeah. is worthwhile. Yeah. And in yeah. The, the next, the work afterwards, the promises made, promises kept. But I'll tell you what else I was pretty proud of during my year is um, being with the public health authorities and helping them work through. And then uh, whatever, whatever, what is it, brave? bravery that came with naming our public health official man of the year or something like that. That was, that was pretty cool. I really enjoyed talking and being up there on stage when he got that award. Yeah. Yeah. Just keeping businesses open during the pandemic was, was challenge enough. It was, but I think we came through it pretty well. Oh yeah. No kidding. And then fast forward to today, the Northern's enjoying its best year ever. I, I've seen some stats from the U.S. Chamber of Commerce saying that uh, the hospitality industry is, uh, in terms of labor shortage, has been one of the toughest industries when it comes to hiring people coming out of the pandemic. How's that experience been for you? It uh, wasn't pleasant, um, but we're in a rebuilding mode. I think we're very successful in that endeavor. So at one point, I think in the beginning, we sent everybody home, right? We kept them on payroll for a while for as long as we thought we could. And then of course the payroll protection plan came out. We had 130 employees when uh, the first person sneezed. And so we put them all out on their, you know, payroll protection plan 
get your money and stay home kind of insurance policy, which I really wanted, but we didn't, I didn't have that for me. Anyway, nobody came back. We lost, um, 120 out of the 130. I think right wow. now we have four or five original employees out of, wow. you know, from March 1st, 2013. So, you know what, when, a a large enterprise, I don't say we're a large employer, but the, the Northern is actually five businesses in one, and they're all different pursuits. They got to work toward a common goal and march in lockstep. But when you don't have a corporate culture or a corporate history because nobody remembers, yeah, and now you're training everybody how to A, make a bed, fluff a pillow, you know, make a steak look good, or hey, do you remember where do we keep the spoons? <laughs> Or what is what is our our philosophy towards employee development and yeah. taking care of them when you don't All the have basic that? Things you don't think about. Yeah, the word falter comes to mind quite a bit, and you have the ability to really screw up. And I think we were lucky in that we had some really dedicated management staff who stuck with us, and I would say single handedly, each one of those managers ran their own their own areas while they were training. We, uh, we've been lucky and we've uh, recruited a really high-powered human resources uh, uh, director to come work with us. And for the last 14 or 15 months, we've been rebuilding the corporate culture, reteaching the corporate history, you know, talking about the three tenants. That's because we, we live our lives by three things and that's it. We connect with the guest, we empathize with the guest, and we respect the guest. Connect, empathize, and respect are the big three. But getting folks to understand what that means and how to not make it complicated and how to treat people with empathy, respect, and development. Anyway, it's a long story, but you get my point. We're coming back. Um, the travel um, is still one of those things that people have not gotten enough of after being locked at home for two years. And um, the cool thing is that we think, you know, we have another year or two of that because china hasn't let their people they just last week um approved group travel outside the country china did so wow. when well yeah you get your i don't know they got <laughs> they got more people than, than billings needs nurses right now i mean it's yeah. tons of folks so when that happens there's more there's more and um you know on top of it the prices are almost keeping up with inflation so it's a great time to be in business and it's a fantastic city to be in business in because people want to be in business and billings. Well, I mean, whatever you're doing, something's working. I, I ate lunch at Bernie's today. Thank I you. I had a fantastic experience like, with the wait staff there. Food was great. Yeah, they're all um, cool at the end. And then, you know, came and talked to the folks at the front desk and, you know, very professional, very responsive. So that that has to be a reflection of the leadership that you've got going on here. I appreciate you saying that, but it ain't me, man. <laughs> There's a really cool group of people that work here. Uh, some of them that we've you know recruited from Las Vegas, and a lot that have have developed you know over time. Like I said, we're we're into development, so seventy percent of our our workforce, our management staff, has been promoted from within, and that's a historical figure, not just the ones we have now. We're okay. damn proud of that. Well, last but not least, I mean, maybe you'd have different plans, but I don't get the impression that you're retiring anytime soon. No. You still have plenty of time to expand on your legacy. So what's next for you? Yeah, I was a little bit. You guys walked in and surprised me in, in one of our department head meetings. And uh, it's, hello, you, congratulations, you've won the legacy. 
award and my first reaction was, hold it. I'm not going to die. <laughs> I'm not done. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, um, I'd like to have 20 or 30 hotels to leave my kids um, because right now my exit plan is to just run up a lot of debt and then give it to them when I pass on. And I don't think that's what they'd appreciate. So it'd be nice to have um, a big, big estate to give them. Um, I'm sure that that doesn't matter to them, but what the heck that's, you know, anybody's dream is to be super, I don't know, super uh, successful. What I, I think my first love though, and what I would really want to do is spend um, the next 10 years before I retire or 15 or 20. I'm not sure when that would be. Cause I tell you, what, I, I can't see myself retiring like Sunday at around 11 AM I'm pacing. I want to go. Like, <laughs> can I please go home? Can I please go to work? Honey? Can I please, please, please? <laughs> no, you're going to take the day off. So <laughs> anyway, there's so much work left to be done for the development of Billings. Billings is such a shining example of a city done well while at the same time being a shining example of a city that needs to do better. We're doing great. And our, our elected officials are very responsible with the, with the people's money and very responsible with the people's assets. That's the way they should be. And I think it's up to a group of other people like the chamber to be dreaming of and executing on the dreams of developing billings into that shining city in a valley. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I mean, there have been a lot of great projects that have come along in the 15 years that I've been here. Um, and we got close on a lot of them and four or five of them were generational type projects that would have changed the path of the city and subsequently the path of the state into some really well thoughtful developed money for the state to run on and capital and cash for us to take care of the folks that really need it. Cause there are some people around Billings, you can see them that they need help, whether that's help learning to work or help learning to care for themselves or help, but they need a hand up, maybe not a handout, but they need a hand up. And those kind of things are the things that we need to continue to concentrate on and push for because absent those things, Billings will continue to maintain the status quo. But the only thing that happens to a city when that is decay from inward, right? The urban donut hole, the homeless problem, the crime problem. If we're not always pushing to improve ourselves, you can't stand still. You're going to go backwards and we're going to end up with bigger problems than we have today. So if I had a chance, if I had a, the ability to wear a label, it would be the guy that is frustrating everybody with the fact that we're not done yet. And we need to come up with some ideas to do it. Yeah, we have done. We're doing a lot of catching up as a city right now. Yeah, we are. And we, got, we put ourselves in a good position where now we have the opportunity to really capitalize on that and move forward. Yeah. But we have to. We have to be willing to do things, even if they're not an emergency. Yeah. So what, what, what was the name of this award? This was the uh, Legacy Award. The Legacy Award. So I was hoping that we would talk about 
not so much my legacy of the Northern, because I think, you know, that's a really cool thing. But I think the most important things that we have done as a group at the Northern is to get involved in the community, to working towards safety from our, we do small business uh, grants for safety, you know, for the SEPTED kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. To the development of people and making them sit on boards or getting them involved in the community to better themselves or the community to sending my employees to um, entrepreneurial classes. I sent one time sent 12 of my managers to entrepreneurial class and 11 wow. of them left me to open their own jobs. <laughs> I'm like, you can't do that. <laughs> Those are the things that we all need to do, in my opinion, to make Billings advance in a better place. Right. We, we can't sit here and wait for the government or our state or whatever to come in and do these programs for us. We've got to envision the programs. We've got to envision the projects and the construction. And then we get to execute because that's what commerce is. The chamber of commerce is about stuff like that. And I like that fact that we're not yeah. there. Yeah. We can be mad at somebody because they didn't, you know, let us have the tax code we wanted. But the reality is, so you get back on the horse, you find something new. And in the meantime, let's go build something to make a hundred million bucks a year for the state of Montana and give them what they're due and give everybody else what they're due and, you know, bring everybody up by their bootstraps. That sounds pretty good, I think. Yeah, sounds great to me. Um, is there anything else that you really wanted to touch on today that we haven't gotten to? Um, just the people around me. I, I think I've touched on my management group and I talked about my wife. You know, my wife and I uh, just had our 47th anniversary of dating. And uh, yeah, we got married in 81. And, you know, she's the one that made me grow up. And then there's uh, the folks around me, like my mentors. I talked about those. And I got a buddy here, George Maragos, who came to me when I was in, in need of help and, you know, kind of jumped in and literally saved my life and he's a partner now in the hotel and you just got to know that i think you, yeah being a good neighbor is a good thing but also being a part of a really good team and you know the chamber was a great team for me to be a part of but i gotta tell you without the folks i just mentioned yeah i'd not be around well before we wrap up i want to just hit on a couple of quicker more kind of lighthearted questions you have a you have the benefit of being in one of the most historic buildings in Billings. What's one of the favorite little fun history facts that you've got about the Northern? It ain't haunted. <laughs> Every old building is haunted. This is not haunted. And I, here's how I know. I lived in this building alone for two years. Okay, two o'clock in the morning on a Sunday night, Halloween. You'd think you'd hear it. No, it's not haunted. Sorry. <laughs> You just missed out on a little bit of business there. <laughs> so you, you've kept uh, a lot of the history pretty well intact. What's one of your favorite new things that the Northern is doing right now that's a little bit different than it's? Well, um, the food program here is incredible and it's about to get incredibler. <laughs> <laughs> we have a fellow coming to work for us who's uh, worked alongside some of the, uh, the greatest winemakers in the world. And he will be here to help us put our wine program together. This is a guy straight out of Napa, owned his own vintner, made some wines that were, uh, you know, sixteen and $20,000 a bottle. Wow. He's also behind the round pond move. So he's got the, the lower, he's got it all. 
and he's a sommelier and he uh he's been working in the wine industry for as long as he knows it. so he will be starting with us soon. yeah it, so if you want great wine go to bordeaux uh if you want better wine go to 10 <laughs> awesome i'm looking forward to yeah. that. raising the, the bar for the culinary scene in billings and then here's a little known sort of modern fact uh if you go into the lobby you see those purple round couches yeah okay, i'm just telling you you know where those came from well every morning when ben cartwright would be waking up at his hotel in san francisco he would go down into the lobby and read the paper on that now ben cartwright was the lead of a tv show that i grew up with called bonanza and so we built those to say, thanks, Ben. Nice. Yeah. That's a cool little tidbit. There you go. Um, this is a question that I always like to ask to hoteliers whenever I inter- get a chance to interview them. When you're traveling, what's one of the things that you really look for as a guest? Oh, yeah. So clean sheets. I don't care what hotel I'm in. I've been in the peninsulas, the Four Seasons, the Ritzes. Pull the sheets back. Okay. That's all. All right. Don't get in until you've done that. (laughs) Well, thank you very much for your time today. And once again, congratulations. That was a real downer. (laughs) Thank you very much. I appreciate it. Had a good time. Thank you. Thank you so much to Mike for joining us today and for all of the work that you do to make Billings a better place. And thank you very much to Marsh McLennan Agency for sponsoring this podcast. If you would like to suggest a topic or ask a question, please feel free to email us at podcast at billingschamber.com. If you like what you hear, please rate us on your preferred podcast platform or recommend us to a friend. And don't forget to subscribe to Chambercast wherever you get your podcast because there is something here for everyone.